Oh, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Do you, do you believe that? Yes. Do you know that? Yes. Well, Forrest and I uh, attended six different churches over the last six weeks, and you know what? They were all different. <laughs> and actually, they were very different. And yet God was present in all of them. And today's message comes out of that experience of attending worship during my renewal leave. And, you know, it was a gift. Uh, after 18 years of leading worship on Sunday, to have six Sundays in a row where I could actually just simply go and worship. I didn't have to worry if my mic was on or, you know, if I'd forget the person's name in the prayer request or anything like that, but to simply come and worship God. I found myself wondering, will I experience God's presence here each time we walked into a a different church? And how will God show up? And will he's, how will he speak to me? Will he speak to me in the message, in the music, in, uh, in a prayer time? Will, will I go out different than I came in? Will I go out knowing Jesus' presence better than I did when I went in? Maybe those are the kinds of things you ask yourself when you come into worship on Sunday. And, and as I said earlier, uh, being where you are, is very different than being up front. (laughs) And my renewal leave was very good for me because it reminded me of what it's like to be where you are. And since next week's our fall kickoff, and I'm going to start a new message series then rather than start one today, and then they're coming in in the second week of it and that kind of thing. So today I I want to look at uh, some ways that we can not only prepare ourselves to honor and experience God in worship each week, but to help others to do that as well. And, and to do that, we're going to focus on a passage of scripture that I've been uh, studying for the last couple of weeks. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 2, and it's written by Peter, uh, and he is one of Jesus' followers. He was an apostle. He's the one who, when Jesus asked the disciples who do you say I am? He blurted out with confidence, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus turned to him and said, and you are Peter, the rock, which Peter means the rock. And he said, and on this rock, I will build my church. So it's this Peter that wrote the two letters near the end of our New Testament. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter's talking to the church, and he describes the church as that Jesus is building. And in verse 9, we read him telling the people, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Did you come into worship today with that picture of yourself? I picked this message, uh, this passage because God kept putting it in front of me the last couple of weeks. And because it's such a great picture of 
who we are in Christ and what we are called to as a church and as worshipers. So if you want to get out your message notes, we're going to look at three keys that we find in this passage about how to honor and experience God in worship and to help others experience God as well. So as we look at this passage, we see um, right at the very beginning that Peter starts out with the reminder that we are God's chosen people. At the very end of his life, Jesus said to his disciples, Remember, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And Peter is saying, you too are chosen people. You don't have to wonder if you stumbled upon God and he doesn't really care about you or know about your life or, or, or care about your dreams. God chose you. You know God and love God because he chose you, not because you chose him. He chose you and loved you first. You're God's chosen people. And then Peter went on to expand on that to tell what we're chosen to do. You're chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. A royal priesthood. Now that sounds a little bit over the top to somebody like me. It's just sees themselves as just a regular person. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. But this is indeed the way that God sees us and what he's called us to. You know, in the Old Testament, um, people didn't approach God directly. A priest was chosen by God to act as the intermediary between a holy God and sinful people. But now through faith in Jesus Christ, and because what he's done for us on the cross, he's made us holy. And we can approach God without fear and invite others to do the same. In fact, the Latin word for priest means bridge builder. Uh, The priest is the person who prepares the way for others to come to God. And so the first key to experiencing God and honoring God in worship is to be a bridge builder, not a barrier, to others in worship. That's our role as a priesthood. And, you know, there's a variety of ways that we can build bridges as well as ways that we become barriers to others. Being a bridge builder can be as simple as inviting someone uh, to worship with you, uh, inviting someone to the pig roast, inviting someone uh, to next week's fall kickoff, God can use those things to build a bridge to himself. Uh, It can be as easy as welcoming someone when they come in, making sure they can find a place to sit easily. When Forrest and I were visiting these churches, um, I would introduce, you know, they'd have this time where you go around and and, uh, introduce each other, and it was different at every church, sometimes uh, shorter, very short, sometimes very long. And uh, at the one church, at, at uh, probably two or three of the churches, uh, someone would come and introduce themselves to me, and I would, they would give me their name, and so I would say, I'm Peggy, I'm a, a visiting pastor on renewal leave. And before I could even finish the sentence, they were gone. Because if you're not going to be here and be a part of our church, you don't matter to me, you know. <laughs> and, and sometimes they would just skip forest. You know, after that, it's like, uh, he's with her. But uh, to, to, to make people feel welcome and valued for whatever reason they've come into the church. 
praying for others. It is a very priestly, bridge-building thing to do. Singing with passion, even if it's not your style of music, honors God and enables others to experience God in worship as well. In our home church, there was a couple uh, who didn't like contemporary music. And we had a band, and even though it was a band, they often played um, mostly hymns. And it was a blended service. So we would normally sing like three songs at the beginning of the worship. And this couple would stand and sing with gusto for every hymn. But the minute we sang a contemporary song, they sat down angrily (laughs) in disgust. And so, you know, no one sitting near them could authentically sing, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Every week, we gather together. And because we're a small church, you know most of the people that are around you. And yet, we often don't really know what the struggles are that they have, the burdens that they're carrying, the things that keep them up at at night, what fears they have about the future for their family, what losses they've had during the week. Um, and when people come in, maybe you know they're new in the community and they're looking for a place where they'll be accepted and cared about, or maybe their heart's broken, or maybe they're angry at God and they're giving him one last chance to, to speak to them. We never know what a difference a warm greeting is going to make or what song or what words in the message or what prayer God will speak to people through. And, you know, that song that you dislike um, may have the very words in it that will get the person sitting next to you through the next week. We are a royal priesthood. We are here for God's purposes, to be a bridge, not a barrier, to those who come in and worship with us and experience worship. And as a royal priesthood, we have responsibilities to worship, to honor God and glorify Him, with a heart that has a that to have a heart for the things that matter to God. And then the second thing that we can do is to come expecting an encounter with Jesus who loves you. Do you expect to experience God in worship? You know, um, when I'm writing a message, I, I often, I, I'll, as I'm studying the passage, I'll read it in different translations of the Bible to kind of see how it's translated in different uh, ways. And, and by the way, you know, if you've been reading the same Bible translation for a long time, I would just encourage you to switch to another for a while. It gives you some fresh insight, especially into those passages that we sometimes, they're so familiar we skim over them. To read them in different words is very helpful. But anyway, so as I was doing this, um, I was looking through the, the um, different ways that it's translated, and I came across the version, the American King James Version, which I didn't even know existed. And the way that it reads in there is very different. Uh, It says, well, it's not very different, but there's one part of it that's very different. It says, but you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, (laughs) that you should show for us the praises of him who has called you out of darkness 
into his marvelous light. You are a peculiar people. <laughs> Does anyone know any peculiar people? Right. <laughs> what do you think of when you think of peculiar? A little different? I heard strange? Odd? Yeah. Yeah, someone who is either consistently odd or doing something that's unusually strange. Um, Forrest and I saw some peculiar things while we were on leave. Uh, we actually found a prosthesis in the river when we were kayaking, so that was strange. But probably the most peculiar was a guy in Meyer who, shall I say, was follically challenged, okay? And he was carrying his phone around on his head. <laughs> and everybody was watching him, but he had a cart full of groceries. He's walking around. He has a smartphone on his head. He goes to the produce. He picks up an avocado. He goes, he checks out, he heads out the door with his phone perfectly balanced on his head. And... Uh, I was wondering, you know, if it was like a sociology experiment and he was waiting for somebody to say something. I pictured him walking into his house and complaining to his wife, I can't find my phone anywhere, you know. <laughs> like this guy that our granddaughter sat behind at the football game Friday night, she sent me a picture and she said, what's up with the two pair of glasses? <laughs> She's 15. She doesn't know when you get older, you lose things like that, you know. <laughs> you can see this guy walking out, grabbing his spare pair of glasses because he can't find them anywhere. And he slips them on. We don't normally consider it flattering when we're called peculiar, do we? And yet, in some ways, to those who haven't experienced life in Christ, Oh, we probably seem peculiar. It's pe- it, to people who haven't experienced God in worship, it, it may seem peculiar to get up at 9 o'clock in the morning and come to worship when you could be in your pajamas or sleeping in, right? Does anybody, was anybody tempted to sleep in this morning? <laughs> One person confesses and then it's okay and everybody's got their hand up. You know, it's peculiar to give the money, that hard-earned money that you've earned away. It's strange, it's odd, it's peculiar. But when I looked more closely at the original meaning of the word, the Greek word used here for peculiar is, is translated as God's special possession in the version that we read earlier. And it's periousios. And, and it means beyond usual, encircled, special, peculiar. And one Greek interpreter said that the meaning of the word is akin to drawing a circle around something and saying, this is mine. This is my treasure. This is my special possession. And it's the same word that's used in Deuteronomy 7, 6 when Moses was reminding the people of the Israel right, uh, of Israel right before they went into the promised land not to be afraid. 
He said, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession, a peculiar people. Listen a minute. God has drawn a circle around you. He's encircled you through Jesus Christ, and he calls you his treasure. Matthew 5.45, we read, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. God is kind and loving to all people. But for those who are his children, his special possession, we can expect something more. We are peculiar people, beyond the usual. God promises us more than sunrises and sunsets, more than rain in season. He encircles us with his protective presence, with his love, and he carries us and cares for us like a treasured child. We're peculiar people in that God of the universe who never changes, whose power and might, whose goodness and mercy is without limits or bounds, has called us small and broken, proven, prone to missteps and often full of doubts, his treasured possession, like Emmett. You know, uh, he's going to hold you and protect you and care for you and love you. He's going to do that all of the days of your life through the ups and the downs, through the transitions and the losses, through the joy and the pain. He's encircled you with his love. You're a peculiar person. Turn to somebody next to you and say, you're a peculiar person. (laughs) And that's a good thing, right? Now tell them, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And because we are God's chosen people, his special possession, you can know that he wants to speak to you in worship. He wants to guide your life. He's present here. You can expect a living encounter with him if you're listening and come expecting to encounter the living God in worship. And because God has loved us like this, we're called to be his royal priest. And number three, we should come with a heart that longs to praise and glorify God. You know, we're created to worship. Created to worship. And you'll worship something. We're created to worship God. And we need to come with hearts ready to worship. What I found when I would visit these other churches is, because I'm a pastor, I found myself evaluating their worship. (laughs) You know? And I really had to speak to my own heart and and to myself and and tell tell myself, you're here to worship. God is here, and he's waiting for my worship. He's not waiting for my appraisal of someone else's work, you know. How do you think they're doing? 
He's waiting for my worship. And he's here and he's waiting for your worship. And he's here and he's worthy of worship. He's clothed us in robes of righteousness. Royal robes we don't deserve. And he's called us sons and daughters, his special possession. And he's called us out of darkness into the marvelous light. He's, he has called us who was once not a people, his people, and who had once not received mercy, now have received mercy. So we come into his presence expecting an encounter with the living God and with hearts that long to give him the praise and the honor that he deserves. That's what we're called to do and be as a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and the treasured children of God. Will you pray with me? Loving God, we we thank you, we praise you uh, for so much joy that you've given us, for so many good things that you've poured into our lives, but most of all for your son, Jesus Christ. And, And I just invite you all right now to put your hand on your heart. Loving God, every heartbeat that is beating right now comes from you. Um, we thank you for the every moment of the life that you've given us. And we offer our lives back today. We are your children, your royal priesthood. We thank you for loving us. God, use us. Help us, Lord, to worship you rightly with hearts full of full of joy, full of love. And go with us from this place, we pray as your dear children, to, to be a holy priesthood to those around us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.